0: Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North Fourth Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia. On the Strip, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Steve will check back in from Piscataway, New Jersey. After bit, as the Nittany Lions have arrived to take on Rutgers. That'll be a 10:30 pregame tomorrow morning with Steve, Jack Ham, Derek Williams, and the Rooster, Roger Corey. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, kick off at noon. And of course, we'll also have it streamed for you on our WKOK app and at WKOK.com. And our show today brought to you by Brewers Outlet, the beverage supermarket, Reagan Street in Sunbury. We're now less than a week away from Thanksgiving. Wow, this month's just flying by. So you got to fly into Brewers Outlet, get what you need for the game tomorrow, get what you need next week. As you got friends and family heading over or maybe you're going to someone else's place, don't want to show up empty-handed. Can't do that. Come on, you're better than that. So stop by Brewer's Outlet for all your favorite drinks, brews, IPAs, imports. They got them all. Microbrews and great specials going on today through Tuesday. Miller Lite 30 packs, 17.97. October Oktoberfest 24 pack bottles, 19.95. And Zima twenty four pack bottles, fifteen ninety five. And I've already taken a glimpse as to what the specials are going to be next week for Thanksgiving, so stay tuned. So perfect excuse to make then a second trip back to Brewer's Outlet next week. And of course for all your soda, snacks, water, chips, hot sauces, and of course the pickle bar. Bags of ice right there by the register. Grab a dolly, get what you need, Easy convenience and help when you need it too. All from Corey and the crew at Brewers Outlet, the beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. You can email the show anytime. We're at Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Our email, Steve Jones at WKOK.com. We're on Facebook. Give us a like. We're on Twitter. Give us a follow at Steve Jones PSU and subscribe to our Steve Jones Show podcast. We're on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, and Google Play. Where you get your podcasts, just search Steve Jones Show, and the shows will drop to your smartphone and tablets. You can listen to them anytime, anywhere, and you always have access to three months of previous shows on our website at stevejonesshow.com. Play-by-play call of the day last night, Thursday night football. Game-changing play for the Seattle Seahawks over the pack.
1: Davis, the single setback, and Russell from the shotgun with three wide outs. Baldwin wide to the right. The snap throw inside, it's caught, Dixon, touchdown Seahawks! And I don't know if Russell audible to that, but if he did, a brilliant play by Russell Wilson... They had that shot a week ago against the Rams and took it down to the 1. This time Ed Dixon barrels in from 15 yards, and the Seahawks take the lead.
0: 7-10 ESPN Seattle, play-by-play call of the day. Next up for the Seahawks will be a week from Sunday. They travel to the Carolina Panthers, and then you got a week 12 matchup with Green Bay at the Minnesota Vikings. That'll be your Sunday night primetime game week from sunday on nbc later on this hour we'll talk some football do some college and pro football picks and for the second straight day steve's brother yeah kevin jones will be checking in from connecticut earlier this week checking in from the left coast our great friend tony Knoppel sports business conversation with the ceo of spotlight ticket management
2: great to be back hope you guys are doing well with the uh, snow on the way
1: well, we're going to find out because I'm about to go to Chicago for a game Thursday night, and the whole key is me getting back in time to make the bus to go to Rutgers.
2: To <laughs> I was checking the weather in Chicago this morning. I think it's in the 20s, right? It's going to be uh, yeah. It's going to be a chilly one.
1: Yeah, it'll be a chilly one. The question will be getting back in here with the snow. All right. Last uh, time we were on together, you said, Steve, we need to talk about the expansion of the college football playoff. No, Money's no going to dictate all of this in the end. Yeah. It doesn't take a genius to know that. What are you hearing from people who are involved corporately with CFP that have their money invested in And in What direction would they like to see it be?
2: They can't get enough money into college football right now. I mean, when you're talking about, um, baseballs dropping off and losing some, uh, sponsors and losing some attendance and you're talking about, you know, the rise of the MLS and the NFL trying to maintain its, its perch atop, you know, everything. Look, it's lost in the shuffle amongst the corporate sponsors is college, uh, football and college football is as healthy as it's ever been. And not only is it as healthy as it's ever been, it's actually a little bit in the stone age still in the way that it's run on the business side. So, There are sponsors lining up to get involved, uh, even with conferences that are struggling. You know, the Pac-12 conference out here is not doing well. They are not getting the national coverage they need. They're not on the big channels enough. The Pac-12 network's basically been an abject failure, and they signed up seven new sponsors last week. So... (laughs) there is a lot of pressure from the sponsors and a lot of pressure from the major players to drive more teams in the college football playoff. Let me give you a quick example that the listeners might find interesting. One of our major sponsors uh, is Dr. Pepper Snapple Group, uh, or one of our major customers, and they're a major sponsor of the CFP and of the SEC championship game. And, you know, they've got a lot riding on the teams that make that game and planning around them, and so they were objectively rooting for Alabama uh, when they were playing LSU two weeks ago because a lot of the plans they have to make are in advance and they have to plan around the favorites. If you expand the field so now we can get two SEC teams in and maybe two teams from other conferences, it makes it easier for them to plan. And they're the ones writing the checks. So it's it's not an if, it's a when. And it's not a is it going to be six teams, it's is it going to be eight or 16 teams.
1: Wow, it's either eight or 16, it's not six.
2: It's going to be 8 or 16. Yeah, I think we're eventually going to end up at 16. I really do.
1: Okay, so that brings to the next part. As as an entity, they have money. Money can then exert pressure. Are the people you talk with, are they in the mood to put pressure, and do they have the ability to put pressure?
2: They have some ability. You know, the interesting thing about football, as opposed to college football, as opposed to some of the other sports, is it's so... Um, broken out. There's so many different power brokers that really there's not a central entity to put a lot of pressure on which makes it more difficult to get what you want. Um, We talk a lot about how dollars and cents drive more than people think. Like, for instance, why would Kevin Durant go to the Warriors? Well, because Nike gave him a massive check to do that because the Warriors were a a billboard for Under Armour at the time. You had a singular place to put pressure and a singular place to take your money and and pressure that. You don't really have that in college football. You have all these different conferences that are working together, but they're always threatening one another, and they're making different dollars, right? If you're the Big Ten, you know, you've got a pretty good network going that's making you money, that's getting you the exposure. If you're the SEC, you've got a wonderful deal with CBS. If you're the Pac-12, you're a little weak right now. If you're the ACC, you're a little weak right now. So they'll want to put pressure on, but who do they put the pressure on? They can only put it on the conferences.
3: All right.
1: Well, again, they put it on because the college football playoff is a separate business yes. entity. They are the College Football mm-hmm. Playoff Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to target them, or is it something where they absolutely need conference approval to do it?
2: I think they need conference approval because they're you know, okay. you're know you going to water down the bowl games uh, even more when you expand to 6-8-16. Six, um, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to go there and that it's going to come from the corporate dollars and where those corporate dollars want to put their money. Um, just because if you look at the sponsorship rate of March Madness and how well that does, it's exponentially better than college basketball does throughout the year. Whereas right. CFP does well, but it doesn't do exponentially better than, you know, every game matters throughout the season. I think they're looking at the money that goes into March Madness and, and starting to understand that this is something that needs to be expanded.
1: All right. Uh, you mentioned watering down bowl games. There are 40 of them. Last year of the 40, which includes the college football playoff, 39 of them have one thing in common. They all had more than a million viewers. Yep. You have a lot of people saying, oh, there are too many bowl games, too many bowl games. (laughs) But if you're in a business, I mean, I realize attendance-wise it's shaky, but if you're a business, you have to love the million-plus viewers with your logo in the field.
2: Oh, that's all they're doing. I mean, the reality is most of these sponsors, it, you can find, if you go and, and look at the bowl registry for this year, there was a number of them last year. That was really interesting. You'll find people who are sponsoring a bowl game that's nowhere close to where their business is, and there are no right. customers in the area for that business, right? <laughs> the Bahamas right. Bowl being sponsored by an auto manufacturer that's in you know South Carolina who's trying to sell to people in Texas, <laughs> but that's the reality is people are tuning sure. in because gamblers are tuning in because you need something to watch, and it's still live TV. So, you know, we're not... Far off, it's already happening. From basically playing bowl games in what's almost like a studio. I mean, these these uh, these bowl games are they're sets, so to speak, for a game to play where you have you know anywhere from I mean, those bowl games that you've seen where there's three thousand to fourteen thousand people in the stands and they're handing out tickets to anybody that'll go. And it doesn't matter. People look at that and say, "What a waste! Nobody should go," et cetera, et cetera. But the exposure makes sense. The ratings are better than almost anything else on TV at that time. And that'll continue, to, that'll continue to go. Those bulls don't really care about the CFP, right? They, they've they got a good right. business going. They've got it figured out. They've got a couple of sponsors here and there they are slapping a logo there. The ones that are really worried about it are the traditional bulls, you know, the Rose, the the cotton, the orange, et cetera, because right. what you're doing is you're relegating them year over year, and you know they've already been relegated by the CFP. I know they're hoping to continue to have the same pomp and circumstance, but not having the final that one of them has hurt them. And I think you you know you move to 16, you might be relegating a few into what is mm-hmm. called a quarterfinal round, and that's that's a tough pill to swallow.
1: Yet, if you do do that, Tony, let's just let's say there's a quarterfinal round because that means there would be eight. So let's just go with the eight, mm-hmm. okay? Now you can, in a rotating basis, put one-and-done meeting to the Cotton Bowl, one-and-done meeting to the Peach Bowl, one-and-done meeting to the Fiesta Bowl, one-and-done meeting to the Orange Bowl, then a semifinal one-and-done meeting to the Sugar and to the Rose. By doing a one-and-done meeting to the game wouldn't that be the draw that could then make up for you're not really an also-ran? Because you'd rotate as to get the semifinals and so
2: forth. Absolutely. Right? You already have I don't, first of all, I'm, I'm a little bit of a homer that I think the Rose Bowl should be the national championship every year. Uh, I, you want, I, but to be frank with you, Tony, I
1: absolutely in agree with that. I mean, yeah. to me, the Rose Bowl should be the national championship game every year, but that's just my opinion.
2: Got the most history, it's the best experience, it's everything about it. Um, mm-hmm. No, I would, I would 100% agree. And, and that would bring back some of the values of the bulls that really struggled. You know, uh, the Orange Bowl has really struggled too in the last four years. It, it has. Uh, really struggled. Um, you know, the Cotton Bowl, if they're not getting a good setup, they don't do well selling tickets. It's not like the only bowl that's really holding itself together, no matter who's in it, is the Rose Bowl. It's selling out every year. Uh, mm-hmm. But the other bulls are hurt by this. So it would add. It would it would help to have a one and done meaning to that. It's just to have your quarterfinal years. You just don't you know. There's going to be there's going to be a little bit of a contest between some of the other bowls as to who gets who gets what when and where.
1: What has made college football a hot buy? I mean, you talked about it's you know it's a hot buy. The NFL is, is is obvious, but what's made college football a hot buy and and a hot commodity? Even though Cincinnati and, <laughs> and Central Florida are playing in the prime time game on Saturday, you and I both know it's not going to draw anybody.
2: <laughs> um I'll I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, College football (laughs) has become such a hot pie because of the transient nature of sports in general. We've seen a big change in the NFL and the NBA where people are following players, not teams, like they used to. Um, The NFL is still doing well with team affinity, uh, but the NBA is not. And they've moved away from that model, and that's what's made them successful. right? They're they're marketing the stars. Uh, So you can follow your favorite player wherever they're going to go. As we're more and more rooting for laundry, where there is less, um, there's less loyalty to a brand, college football never changes, right? It's always been the case that the kids were only there for three to four years at most. And it's also something that creates a tribal nature and a local nature for everybody, big, market, and small. And the, and the brands and the, and the uh, companies, they see that. There's, there's no sport out there. You know, there's not a lot of things I could talk about as an expert, but I can talk about an expert on the secondary market. I've been there from the very right. beginning. Yep. Nothing fluctuates price like college football. Nothing. When you get LSU, Bama, as you know, a top fourteen meeting meeting each other. When you get Penn State, Ohio State at the shoe, and you know the, the postseason's on the line, you will see prices that are exorbitantly higher than any other sport will have in any circumstance. I mean, those games will outprice the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series for the first time in 100 years, and they do, and they do it every year. That's why it's so popular. Now, UCF, I was in the same boat, and I actually went to a UCF game last year. Uh, somebody bet me that I would be taken aback by the experience, and it was not what I expected. They have quite a game day experience there. They've got a whole downtown tailgate built out. It's, uh, I mean, it's not Big Ten country, but they're building something. But, uh, yeah, it's not going to It's draw. a brand new
1: stadium, too. That stadium's less than 10 years old. Supposedly, it's beautiful. Mm hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cincinnati, I, I can't speak to Cincinnati having any appeal <laughs> no. any <fuel> to anybody.
1: <laughs> and, I mean, even in Cincinnati, I mean, the Bengals, you know, make people frustrated, but, I mean, Cincinnati Bearcat football's on page 12.
2: It is. And they had Tommy Tuberville last year, and they still weren't on page 10. I mean, so.
1: Let me get to a Los Angeles part for a moment. What has the Ram success, and I can't factor in the Chargers at all because they're they're, they're a non-entity there. I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. What has Mm -hmm. the Ram success done to USC?
2: Uh, You know, it hasn't changed that much. USC is a super finicky uh, fan base where the minute the team is eliminated the crowds drop by 20 to 25 percent um it hasn't had as much of an effect and quite quite honestly I think people from outside would be a little bit surprised at how little we hear about the Rams in Los Angeles considering they're one of the best teams in football right now um You know the game day experience for the Rams is not very good. Um, They need to get into their new stadium relatively quickly. But the bigger story is just going to be what the Chargers end up doing. I mean, the team's seven and two, and they can't get people to they can't they can't sell twenty five thousand tickets. I mean, Penn State sells twenty five thousand tickets for the spring game. So it's it's just been fascinating to watch.
1: I, I I sense the the answer to this is no. But is there any way the Chargers would ever move back to San Diego?
2: No, they won't. They won't go back. So what people don't understand from, from the outside, and it's good to hear, San Diego is, you know, because people think California, and they think, and, and careful, I'm going to talk politics here for a second, but they think California, and they think it's a very, very blue state. San Diego is actually a very, very red community. And yes, they have been notorious that they do not pay for sports facilities. Um, For the Padres to get Petco Park, they almost lost the Padres. There's no way that that community is going to vote that through. In fact, they just voted down a ballot measure to convert um, the Chargers' old stadium into a stadium that could host uh, an MLS team. Instead, what they're going to do is what they call SBSU West, so the San Diego State University Campus West, and they're going to try to expand the stadium there so that it can host uh, an MLS team, even though you and I both know the next two MLS teams are going to Austin and, and to uh, Colorado, but uh, or Missouri. Um, that's what they're trying to do down there. There's just no way for the Chargers to go back. And, and they are lost in Los Angeles. There's there's no answer in Los Angeles. It's people do not care.
1: Okay, the Rams are obviously a highly entertaining team. Kansas City's mm-hmm. going to take on the Rams. What was the purpose of putting that game originally in Mexico City in terms of the financial part of it, and what about moving it back to Los Angeles?
2: Uh, well, the number one problem was the Rams' attendance last year wasn't the best when they made a decision to put those two teams down here this year. Um, so you look at the Rams now, and they're doing pretty well. They're averaging. So what they've done is they've actually cut attendance in the Coliseum by 20,000. They put up tarps. Right. So that they can announce a sellout when it's seventy-five thousand people, uh, and even at that rate, last year they weren't selling out games. So I think the NFL looked at it and said, "Hey, listen, we got to move. We, we need to have a game in Mexico City. We need to have two big draws. Let's put the Rams in the." And generally, they ship, you know, the Jaguars to places in those situations. Last year was the Raiders. Um, the Rams are just one of those B-side teams right now that they can move around, so okay. they moved them down there. The field, um, they actually canceled the game yesterday. The rumors had started that they were going to cancel the game four or five days ago. Uh, what's generally happened in the past when they cancel games is they give tickets away for the new game. What the Rams actually did was go and invoice everybody for the game immediately, all their season ticket holders. And it drew a huge backlash because a lot of the season ticket holders have already bought their tickets to Mexico City and none of the travel is going to be, um, none of the travel is going to be, uh, paid back. Yeah, and no this is not the first time this has happened. And the guy who sued the league last time was Michael Avenatti, who's making a ton of uh, <laughs> yeah. headlines for himself on the political side now.
1: Right. Yeah. Um,
2: now, <laughs> <It's a mess. laughs>
1: so, I mean, so far we've worked in red state and we've worked in Michael Avenatti.
2: Michael Avenatti. And we've stayed uh, yeah. out of trouble.
1: So. <laughs> and so far we've stayed out of trouble. Uh, okay, I know what the NFL wants to do, Tony. Uh, they want to, the goal, and Roger Goodell's been open about this, he wants it to be a $25 billion industry. And $25 billion, I believe, is the number he has stated. They're right mm-hmm. around $14, 15000000000 right now. So obviously the avenue to get there is uh, uh, the international one. Yep. Uh, so they have some games in London, this game in Mexico. Is the NFL doing a good enough job in the corporate structure of this company, with its sponsors, of making sure that the current markets they have in this country are strong enough to have the games?
2: I think so currently. What they're really leaning on right now is ratings. Um, if you talk to anybody at the NFL, they're going to say, ratings, 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 ratings. They almost don't even care about the attendance because uh, what most people don't understand is when you report attendance on the NFL side, you don't report premium attendance. So... Um, and you don't have to count those as sellouts. So, for example, if you're Jerry Jones and you have 300 suites at uh, AT&T Stadium, all of those people in those suites don't get accounted towards a sellout or not. And they don't get okay. accounted towards attendance or not. So the, number, the attendance numbers are relatively wonky when you're talking to sponsors, but what they are talking about is ratings. And the NFL is all 10 of the highest rating events uh, on television every year. That's and true. That's they right. know that. Um, so what they're trying to do is find a way for a soft landing into London and Mexico City. Uh, London makes a lot of sense because Khan owns uh, the team over there already, Fulham, the soccer club. And right. he has put in a bid to buy Wembley, which he's pulled out of in the last month, but nobody actually believes he's pulling out of that bid. Uh, yeah. the, the, the belief is that he's eventually going to buy right. Wembley Stadium. and it's uh, I be thought that was a negotiating ploy, well. actually. What's that?
1: I thought that was a negotiating ploy by All him, actually. All the way.
2: Actually. hundred percent of negotiating play. So I think that's where the soft landing is going to be. I think they're doing a pretty good job with their corporate sponsors about getting that traction. Um, The the difference is it's just doing business with corporate partners in Europe is so much different than it is with uh, American and North American sponsors. The NBA has done a really good job of integrating the European basketball leagues, and eventually those will – I think we'll see them grow the way the UFC has grown, where they actually acquire other leagues. If I had to bet, I think that's what's going to happen. Going to, they're going to have the G League here. They're going to have developmental leagues in Europe, which are eventually going to roll into you know professional clubs. So that's where I think we're headed. The NFL's battle is there, there are no clubs that have really any reach whatsoever in Europe or in Mexico, and they're going to try to plant them there.
1: Right. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned the G League and so forth. I mean, that's almost like the next avenue where you can uh, have your control over your own professional minor league and sell it as if it's a, it's a, a pathway to big league. Maybe the Alliance mm-hmm. of American Football is that.
2: Maybe. Um, you know, you've got that and you've got the XFL coming as well. So yeah. you're going to have, you know, a competition, so to speak, here in the States, but these are minor leagues that are playing at a different time than the NFL, and it's not expanding. So you have a saturated market that you're just trying to catch on to you know, the sides of, as opposed to, and I mean, it's like the USFL, remember that, back in the 80s. But um, it, it's a little bit different when you're talking about European, European expansion and South American, or Central American expansion.
1: Now, obviously, coming up, Phil and Tiger's a pay-per-view event. We know when Mayweather fights, it's always pay-per-view. That's the way most big boxing matches are. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize, like this weekend's uh, Iowa State-Texas uh, games on Longhorn Network, in the agreement, Oklahoma is allowed to do one pay-per-view game a year,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this year was against Army. Is that a potential avenue down the road, and how would corporate uh, sponsors react to a single pay-per-view event for a for a football game in a year?
2: I think corporate sponsors will revolt against it. To be totally honest, and here's why: I, I uh, it's about reach. Um, yep. I'll use the example I mentioned earlier—a good segue back to what we were talking about. The Pac-12 network, for example, is considered a relatively healthy uh, regional network, but it's not really um, compared to the Big 12 or the Big Ten network. It's, it's peanuts. They get about 20 million reach uh, when you're talking about a, a, a primetime game between Oregon and Washington. You get about 20 million viewers, tops, right? If you're playing that game on a Fox affiliate or on an ESPN affiliate, not even in prime time, you're getting 80 million eyes, right? And we're talking about games that are, you know, a lot less um, appealing to people to watch. You know, Fresno State versus Boise State, games like that generally do fairly well. So when you're, trying, when you're taking that, that inventory and you're moving it behind a paywall, Now what we're doing is we're taking what the corporations are trying to sell to, uh, in a demographic and you're slicing that demographic by a quarter, by, by three quarters, right? If I'm trying to sell toilet paper to middle market and below, uh, to the middle class and below, now I'm not going to even try to advertise with that game because they're not going to buy that game. They can't. They don't have the disposable income. My entire value prop is my toilet paper is eight cents cheaper than the next guy's. Right. Right. So it's going to be a real problem, especially when you start talking about the traditional sponsors and the traditional partners.
1: And the final part, Tony, with all the fires out there, in what effect and how close has it been getting to you guys? Because obviously, I mean, my concern would be about you, your family, your employees.
2: It was 160 yards from our home. (laughs) It was right there. Uh, And it burned in the parking lot of our office. Uh, Everybody was out in time. Um, You know, it is uh it, the precision with which they figured these things out is is quite incredible um, yeah. they reached out to us at six o'clock on Thursday night saying there's a fire eleven miles away that our model show could be on you guys within three hours you need to leave now and everybody did there's there's no um, no hesitation around that, and the fire was there within three hours. Their precision is amazing. They're they're heroes. They know what they're doing. So everybody's safe. Everybody's yeah. healthy. I really appreciate that. And that's, we were laughing well, that uh, hopefully it will be worth it in two months when we're sitting in the sun.
1: <laughs> exactly. I hope you are. Again, yeah. you, know, you, you know, we think the world of you. So uh, thanks so much for the time. Hope you and your family are doing great. All the employees are doing great. And from us to you, a well-deserved and happy Thanksgiving.
2: I appreciate it. Hopefully we talk again soon.
1: SMC is where you want to be for
0: your next new F-150 and everything starting with E. Make 2018 a November to remember with savings up to $13,000 on your next new Ford F-150. Sunbury Motors has F-150 starting at $25,669. All SUVs starting with the letter E will plummet in price for SMC's November November to remember. remember. 67 Ford Escapes, 23 EcoSports, 22 Explorers, all at one location. Brand new Ford Escape starting at an unheard of seventeen eight twenty. If you haven't looked into the all new Ford EcoSport, now is the time. 2019 Ford EcoSports started at nineteen eight eighty. SMC has the SUV that started it all, the Ford Explorer, for under thirty two grand. Hurry in now to SMC so you can show off your brand new Ford at Thanksgiving dinner or to your buddies at deer camp. Sunbury Motors in the North. 4 Street Auto Plaza Sunbury patronage taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones
1: great to have you with us in piscataway new jersey as uh, penn state gets ready for rutgers tomorrow noon will be the kickoff Ten thirty, 30 the airtime Today's show being brought to you by our great friends at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, in Sudbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, micro-brews, and great specials. Now through Tuesday, Miller Lite 30-pack, $17.97. Stegmaier Oktoberfest 24-pack bottles, $19.95. Zima 24-pack bottles, $15.95. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. We're in the Sunbury Motor Studio, mobile. In fact, I don't think I'm actually physically back in the Sunbury Motor Studio till a week from today. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors' Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and backed by popular demand for a second consecutive day. Sean, we bring in the...
2: King! What up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, yeah, hip and can talk to the kids. <laughs>
0: Dial into that hey, demographic man. we're reaching.
3: <laughs> Me and Sean sharing snow stories, so... Yeah. Did Sean oh. tell you he was stuck for five hours last night?
1: Yes, he did. Mm. As a matter of fact, five hours and fifteen minutes. Oh
3: uh, Yeah, throw in that fifteen minutes. That's big. And what shaved what saved them? Sheets. <laughs> That's right.
0: Well, I did have a fast food restaurant. Uh, that was the first thing I thought of as I was going back and forth between Mark Lawrence and Roger. And it's like, hey, how you doing? How you holding up? And it's like, yep, yeah, we're good. We're good. So, but yeah, it was a for a while. It was a test of patience.
3: Oh, man, I wouldn't have made I, I'd it. It happened to me, well, twice. Once, my ex-father-in-law and I were, we were going to go to a Yankee game, and we took a bus from Longmeadow, Massachusetts, East Longmeadow, Massachusetts, and we were all psyched, and we are going to spend the day together, and we drove exactly eight miles, got to Windsor Locks. Steve knows what I'm talking about, and there was an accident. And that was it. <laughs> we drove eight miles. We sat in Windsor locks, Connecticut, for four hours. Like, oh, you got to be kidding me! So, and then another time, I was going on a business trip to Southern Connecticut, and never made it. Uh, accident on ninety-one, and that was it. Man, I know what you're talking about, Sean, But mine wasn't even five hours. I that would have I would have gone insane. So. They're stronger than me. And
1: and people were wondering about the suit. As usual, the helicopter picked them up and dropped them off at home. It's (laughs) it's amazing how some people live.
0: Oh, by the way, I didn't mention this earlier, and I should have. Uh, The Bucknell kickoff tomorrow, senior day, Christy Mathewson against Fordham. Uh, The kickoff has been moved from noon to 1.30. So that's a 1.30 kick tomorrow. Uh, on eagle 107 also we got to say congratulations to the southern columbia girls soccer team uh first time school history for a girls program for southern columbia won the state championship in single a soccer today as they defeated freedom area by score of three to two so they rallied from a 2-1 deficit in the second half so southern columbia more than just football
1: out there very impressive congratulations congrats to the gals so
3: Hey, when we were in Sunbury uh, at the hotel we were staying, they were having the big cross country um, tournament.
0: That's right. Bucknell hosted that
1: that
3: weekend, yes. Yeah. yeah. And Patriot the, League Championships. All the teams were yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Lehigh, uh, Holy Cross from Massachusetts. They're yeah. Both yeah, Lafayette. There
1: Lafayette. Yeah. Colgate. Lafayette, Colgate, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, when it when it comes to running, I think for the most part, people have said that uh, they felt that we were running from reality. <laughs> all right, so uh,
3: <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of really thin people. <laughs> I <don't> yeah, know. <laughs> but man, they it was warm. Remember how it was raining yeah. and they had to wow. run that day, that wow. Saturday, that and they were all like, you know, carb loading and all that stuff down in the. Breakfast room.
1: Uh, we do the same thing. We carb load all the
3: time. <laughs> we don't run. <laughs> oh, is there something I'm missing? <laughs> yeah.
0: you walk briskly. Walking briskly.
3: <laughs> the increasing the heart rate part.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm good at that.
1: You mean yeah. move? You mean move more, eat less? Okay. Yeah. That, that, that was me in the more diet. That was me in the car last
0: night.
3: I didn't have any food. All yeah, I had was water. Holy, <laughs> oh, you couldn't carb load.
1: No, no. no. That's why I I was. Jack Ham always kids me about uh, chartering all the time. Right. So when I got here today from Chicago, I said at hotel, I had to go into that big building at the airport, and then I was screened by something called the TSA. Then I had to get into this thing and had to get something called a boarding pass. It was all very strange to me. I thought all the flights were charters. And he's texted back, Welcome to the real world. (laughs) And I I I texted him back, It's frightening out there. You haven't lived until you've taken the Newark to New Brunswick Amtrak. (laughs) Which I
3: did. (laughs)
1: Uh at this hour, no. At three A. M. they have they've referred to it as quote the drunk train. (laughs)
3: <laughs> did you make believe or did you get drunk?
1: <laughs> no, I just kind of just hung and just looked around. Imagine when it was like at three a.m. Yeah. and it, that that disappeared right away. And I called a cab and at the at the train station and got to the hotel.
3: They <laughs> write a song about that. It's three a.m. and I think I'm lonely.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Matchbox Twenty, 1997.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. See, this this is Sean's
1: area. He knows about the back of his hand. Oh, yeah so, All right, so let's pick some games.
0: Let us do that. All right, so we are now into hard to believe week number 12. All right, Steve, you and I last week both came in with records of 5 and 1, and because of not one but two epiphanies from the king, Kevin was 3 <laughs> and 3.
3: <laughs> I'm trying yeah, it was well, those, i got to take some chances here. Was I'll those, never catch you know, up. Texas
0: Tech and Michigan State epiphanies that you had. Right. Citadel uh, to beat well,
3: Alabama. You know, no. I did not figure out <laughs> for the life of me how Penn State lost to Michigan State. <laughs> I now, sat there, there and I did the game. I can't the, tell you. I forget. Which, I was watching the Penn State game, and I see the little scores down the bottom. I see, wow, 7-6. to six. I switch it over, and the next play the center hikes the ball on purpose yeah. for a safety. Okay? So now it's 9-6. to six. The next kick, they had the punt because it was a safety. And <coughs> yada, yada, yada.
1: This is the Ohio uh, State game, yeah.
3: Yeah, and then Ohio State punts and nails them down on the one-yard line. Next play, Touchdown, Ohio State! I watched four friggin' plays, and now I'm losing <coughs> 16 to six. I'm like, oh my god, they stink, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm like, That's just, is, it, I can't pick anything this year. It, it,
1: it is a game. The Michigan State game is a game. The last two years, I can't put my finger on. So
3: I can't believe uh, Penn State <coughs> lost to that team. Yeah, I, no kidding. Penn State's a better football team than they are. They yeah. had absolutely no offense whatsoever. Yeah. Whatever.
1: All right. Way so what goes. do we have?
0: Okay, so after eleven weeks, after the uh week we had last week, uh, we're still here in the penthouse forty nine and thirteen. Steve is forty one and twenty one, and Kevo thirty-five and twenty seven. Eight above five hundred, not too shabby. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, but many would want to be in your shoes. That bets uh, eight over five hundred.
3: Well, I am still going for the win.
0: You still got time. All
3: yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> so we got a couple college here and uh, four pros for our little uh, football Don't pick six
3: for months. three week shot, <laughs> Okay. I still wouldn't catch you.
0: Yeah. All right. So, ironically enough, we were talking about Michigan State a second ago. High noon Saturday on Fox. It is Michigan State at Nebraska. So I will lead off with this. So after ten weeks, so let's talk about the Sparty defense versus the run, and this is after ten weeks. They've only They're given great. up seven hundred and sixty-five yards. They're great. Yes, yeah, excellent defense. Uh, but even though, despite the quarterback play, I think that you know defense travels. Now that we're in November, it's key. I will take Michigan State.
1: I'll take a chance. Oh. Uh, uh, I'll, I'm going to take Nebraska to win the game. The game's in Lincoln, right? Yes. Uh, it goes back to what Kevin talked about. I don't think Michigan <laughs> State scores. enough. I mean, now that Felton Davis, you know, one of the things, you lose guys, Felton Davis, who was by far their best receiver, they lost him for the year. Uh, and I just think Adrian Martinez is playing really well at quarterback. Uh, we'll go with an upset. Nebraska to beat Michigan State.
3: There is no question in my mind Nebraska's going to win this football game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think by an upset. I think Nebraska has gotten better and better and better, and they're, they're transitioning into a good team. You know, they didn't have a great year, but they've played well the last few weeks. Well, I
0: think that and the fact yeah. Scott Frost is just due for an impressive performance at home as well. So,
3: Yeah, so I, I, I watched them play, and they look good. You know, I mean, they're missing... Some components, but Michigan State, I just, I can't. That offense just kills me. The defense is very good. I mean, Ohio State won the game, but they didn't beat their defense. So, Sean, you're right. Their defense is excellent.
1: Well, the punter, the punter for uh, the punter for Ohio State, Chrisman. Mm-hmm. He, I think, is the biggest reason why they won the game here, and I think he's the biggest reason why they beat Michigan State.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we
0: dove into this game a little bit last hour. We head to Yankee Stadium on NBC tomorrow. It is Syracuse and Notre Dame. Syracuse has given up 46.5 points per game last four games. Just because of that note, I'm going to go with Notre Dame.
1: Uh, Best unit on the field is the Notre Dame defense. Second best unit is the Syracuse offense. Third best is the Notre Dame defense. Notre Dame wins. I mean, Notre Dame offense the third best. Notre Dame wins.
3: Well, I've been watching Syracuse all year, and I'm taking Syracuse. And I'm not just taking them to, to catch up. I, I I like their head coach. I like how he gets his team up for games. And I think the fact that it's kind of on a neutral field, even though it's in New York. Um, I like Syracuse in this one to upset Notre Dame, give them their first loss. Okay.
0: All right, so on to the pros on Sunday. We've got the Houston Texans at your first place, Washington Redskins.
1: Well, boy. Uh, Bill's team got off to an 0-3 start. And then Bill's team's won six in a row. At a bye week, I think I'm going to go with Houston to win, even though it would be a mild upset.
0: I'm also taking Houston.
3: Yeah, I've got the Texans. Also, I don't not to disagree. I don't think it's an upset. The Washington not a very good football team. Well, so, the, yeah, they're the team Leagues in first place in of the division. Week, you know, they're yeah, they're first place in a weak division. I mean, they play someone good right. that can't beat them. So I don't. I like. I like Houston.
0: So. Eagle one o seven Sunday afternoon pregame at three. The Hall of Famer Merrill Reese with the call at four twenty five in the Dome. You've got the Eagles and the New Orleans Saints,
1: Kansas City, the Rams are both outstanding. Yet yeah, you can argue the Saints might be the best all around team in the NFL right now. They'll beat Philadelphia.
3: Kev, go ahead. I got the Saints. I don't see the Eagles. The Eagles are a mess right now. I don't know what happened with them. Super Bowl hangover, what it is. But um, one of their players admitted this week, he said, you know, I really admire the Patriots, that they could do it year after year after year, or a team like the Steelers. He said it's hard to repeat because we're the biggest show in the league and we have not responded at all. So... I uh, I think they've got internal problems. I got the Saints.
0: I was surprised that Golden Tate I would have thought Golden Tate would have got more touches on offense just with coming in on the bye week and I think he what maybe he in on what, maybe twenty plays, somewhere between twenty, twenty five plays. I just thought he would have made a little more bigger of an impact in that game against Dallas last week.
1: You don't know how many plays he knows in the in their playbook. I mean, that that's thats the key. He may not know enough plays in the playbook yet.
3: <laughs> I know we're running out of time, and not to interrupt. <laughs> how about the Jets? Holy mackerel, when you said playbook, I immediately thought of Barkley. He'd been with the team for three days, and he goes out and has a career day against the Jets. Yeah. So speaking yeah. of playbook, I mean, yeah. he would just drawing plays in the dirt on the field, you know. <laughs> So, okay. I'll That's show you
0: automatic upgrade from you know Nate Peterman. Come on. <laughs> <Jeez>.
1: <laughs> the suit excuse me, the suit would be an upgrade at quarterback over Nathan <laughs> Peterman.
0: <laughs> but I will also take the Saints on on Sunday, by the way. So uh Sunday night prime time you've got the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. You've got a pivotal matchup there in the central.
1: Boy, I've been riding the Viking thing all season, and sometimes I've hit and sometimes I've missed. I'm going to give it one more shot. I'm going to say Minnesota. I will as well.
3: All right, I'm going to change my pick, and I'll go with the Bears, just because i got to try and do something here. I did take the Vikings because they are a very good football team, and no one can figure them out. But I'll I'll go with Chicago on this one.
0: And the Primo matchup Monday night. Formerly to be played at the Estadio Azteca in Mexico City, but because of soccer games in a high-profile Mexico TV Network Shakira concert, field below par. So we take it back to the Coliseum. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams, both sitting at 9-1. and one.
1: Well, go ahead, guys. I'll, I'll go last on this one. Okay. Kev, you want me to go?
3: You? Uh, okay. I'll tell you right now, I'm taking the Chiefs, so go ahead.
0: Okay, well, then I've got the Rams.
3: All right.
0: I had wow. the Rams originally. I'm not taking it because you took Kansas City.
3: No, I. I this, this is a toss-em-up. I just feel like the Chiefs' offense is just, the Rams give up a lot of yardage. I don't know why. They've got a great defensive line, but they do give up a lot of yards, and the Chiefs can really put it up.
0: Speaking so. of the Chiefs and other uh, quarterback, Patrick Mahomes the Heinz company in Pittsburgh
3: loves ketchup yeah.
0: <laughs> said hey if you can put up 57 touchdown passes this season we will hook you up with free ketchup for life it turns out he loves ketchup on his steak when he goes out to dinner
3: and mac and cheese he puts ketchup on mac and cheese I think hey, that is wonderful I'll tell
0: you what I was late to guy. the party what I was late to the party on is actually not ketchup but Heinz 57 I like the Heinz 57 sauce
3: There you go.
1: Yes, I like that. That's been around forever. Yes. All right. I got the Rams. I'll I'll take the Rams. Okay. Okay. Uh,
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is all true, Steve. He is a ketchup fiend. He puts ketchup on everything. Yeah. I've never heard of ketchup on mac and cheese, but I could see that happening. Well, there's
0: a story out earlier this week that Mahomes' mom, he he felt embarrassed to ask for ketchup to have for his steak dinner, and and, and she's like, well, ask. ask." Yeah, so she had to ask for him. So,
3: yeah. So. <laughs> I think it's, I love stories like that. <laughs> <laughs> ketchup for life, waiting to happen. Yeah, we'll see. I love ketchup. <laughs> a baked potato in a microwave with a bottle of ketchup. You know, it's like... It's like a party on my palate. Look out, so.
0: Claire. I'm going to Studio 22
3: <laughs> with my <laughs> head on down. <laughs> I've got bags of potatoes.
1: So <laughs> Noon tomorrow, 1030, the airtime. Penn State and Rutgers here on News Radio okay. 1070 WKOK. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll talk to you Monday, we think, from Mexico.
3: Cool. (laughs) That's neat.
1: (laughs) That's if everything works.
0: (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and
1: on WKOK.com.